publisher of New Observations magazine. I'm delighted today to welcome Mark Van Sickle to the show. Mark and I have known each other and been friends for uh, 25 years or more, and he is a, a very talented uh, tarot reader uh, and psychic, and I uh, welcome you, Mark, to the podcast. Thank you, Mia. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, can you begin by sharing some information about your background and how you uh, came to understand that you had psychic abilities and abilities as a reader? Yes, thank you. Well, as a child, my father represented movie stars as a business manager, so I was used to dealing with very famous people in a private setting, usually at parties uh, in their homes. And then uh, out of the blue, Marilyn Monroe moved into our neighborhood, and I told my parents that I was going to go meet her. I think I was nine years old. And my parents said, well, be careful, give her privacy, don't bother her. And um, after going over several times, they let me meet her. Uh, She had two assistants that lived with her. And um, we spent the afternoon together on a Saturday, a beautiful hot summer day in Southern California in Los Angeles. And I came home and my father said, well, Mark, I hear you have a girlfriend. And I laughed (laughs) and I said, well... Actually, Dad, she's not my girlfriend, but I said I like her very much. But I said, I have to tell you, Dad, she's a very sad woman. And my father laughed and he said, Mark, trust me, Marilyn Monroe is not a sad woman. Well, about four months later, she died. So they knew, my parents knew at a very young age that I was very intuitive. I felt her energy. I was a child, but I knew that she was very sad. She didn't have on any makeup, and she was very, you know, she was very sad and very lonely and had very sensitive eyes. But I know that she was a very soulful individual, and that's why I told my father I thought she was sad. And, of course, her death really upset me because, in my mind, I'm sure I was in love with her as a kid. And that's what spurred my interest in trying to find out why is it we see beautiful people on screen or very famous people on screen, but in their personal life, they're very sad. Why does that happen? Why are the images that we see presented to the world not replicated in the soul of the individual. So that's kind of how I started understanding the whole idea of, you know, the tarot, the understanding how can I figure out who the people are really rather than their image on a deep level. So um, that's kind of how I started out with the whole psychic phenomenon. And then by the time I got into college at UCLA, I was very interested in singing. I went on to become an opera singer for many years in Los Angeles. And when I moved here to New York City, I found my voice was not large enough for the Metropolitan Opera Company. So I had friends that were agents in the field of uh, private parties. So that's where I started working with the private parties. And um, I met some very famous people. And, you know, I specialize in private readings. And that's kind of what I do all the time nowadays. But I started reading people in 1976. That's how I started as a young man. When I was at UCLA, I met someone who was very very famous as a psychic. I never say her name, but she was an individual that was a very powerful person, and she helped me to understand how to meditate. So that's kind of how it all started back in 76, then moving here 20, 
eight years ago from Los Angeles and starting to read people full-time. Well, that's quite a journey you've been on. Yeah, it is. I mean, my father represented John Wayne, Marlena Dietrich, the Andrews sisters, um, Fred McMurray, Mickey, uh, well, all sorts of people, you know. They're all probably passed on now, so I guess I can say their names. But I saw these people in their homes. And then when I met Marilyn Monroe on my own, I could see her sensitivity. And obviously, with her untimely death, it affected me in a very deep way and spurred me to try and find out what it is that makes a person become so frustrated that they want to take their life. So, you know, I've really been around the block and uh, worked with many famous opera singers in Los Angeles as a singer in very recognizable operatic roles. I'm a lyric baritone and so I've always been fascinated with the human ego, with the human course of destiny. Why do people become so upset? Why can't they enjoy life? Why can't they enjoy their fame and fortune and financial securities? And, you know, Red Skelton was a wonderful person. He was my godfather when I was a child, when I was first born, but he had a lot of emotional problems and he had a son that died when I was, I think eight years old. So the kid was exactly my age. Richard Jr. is what they called him. And so I know that that affected Red Skelton's, you know, uh, frustrations. And here he was a famous comedian internationally with a great sense of humor, loved children. And yet because of the untimely death of his son he you know had a lot of problems and one of my father's issues were to deal with the financial aspects of the movie stars but also to help them spiritually to help them to be their friend and to you know make sure that the police were not called if there were problems and um, so I think that affected my father on a personal level and I think affected my parents relationship and um, and my childhood on a deep level. When did you first uh, pick up a deck of tarot cards? Well, in 1974, I was asked to go to a very famous psychic in Pasadena, California. I was living in Westwood and going to UCLA, the university. And the first words out of this famous psychic's mouth was, you should be reading me. And I looked at her and I thought, oh, she gets it. She understands literally the first words. So she understood that I was a very sensitive soul. And I went the next day to the Bodhi tree in, um, in Hollywood. And that was a famous bookstore where you could buy anything esoteric and anything spiritual and I bought my first tarot deck the first tarot deck that I bought was Aleister Crowley's deck which was rather dark but I was attracted to the uh, images of Egypt a lot of his images that he created for his particular deck were based on Egypt and I had been studying ancient Egypt for many years by that time. And um, so that's how I first started reading people. And almost immediately I was given parties and private readings for people. Word of mouth got out. And um, I think I'd start, I had started singing when I was a child with uh, Dick Van Dyke when I was eight years old in Los Angeles in musicals. So... I was already very sensitive and very adult-like because of my friendships with my father's movie stars, including Laverne Andrews of the Andrews Sisters. So I knew how to, uh, to talk to people. I knew how to communicate with people. 
And I think that that helped me to get right into the tarot. I wanted to help people. And I had been a major of um, both political science and theater and singing at UCLA. So it was easy for me to communicate with people. And um, that's how I originally started was this encouragement from this famous psychic in Pasadena who said that I had the gift. And as I deepened my relationship with God through meditation, I understood that my destiny was to help people and to be there as a guide and as like a life coach. You might say that's kind of what I do. I'm a tarot card reader, psychic life coach. And, um, you know, even before I started with the uh, tarot cards, I had been very much into the I Ching. Uh, are you familiar with the I Ching? Oh, yes, absolutely. The Book of Changes. Yes, the Oriental Book of Changes. And I had been doing that for myself for many years. So all through college, if something happened, I would say, what happened? And throw the coins and look up the I Ching, the Oriental Book of Changes, to figure out what was going on in my life. There was a very deep need in my soul to figure out why my parents split up in addition to my father's problems with his movie stars that he dealt with and his financial issues and his loss of hearing. Uh, I wanted to know why couldn't they get along? Why couldn't they continue to be married? And so I think that the I Ching started the whole thing back in the early 70s and then went on to the depth of understanding the tarot cards and um, so you know it's interesting I I have worked with many many psychics over the years and I'm not really impressed by many of them but I think that they're all doing their best to share their knowledge to help people that's all what we try to do don't you agree um, well actually what, what the way I word my particular goal is to um, encourage people to connect to their own divine gifts um, uh, on all levels so that they can use them for their, for their own lives. Um, uh, I feel that we're in a particular time right now where more and more people have access to that um, knowledge and, and, insight and energy, but uh, it's, um, I always find it fascinating, how, you know, how people thrive at that moment where, you know, they're looking for individual guidance. Yes. And I and think that, you know, I, I think the, the tarot cards have a long history of helping people, you know, going back to Carl Jung, um, who used tarot and astrology when working with his patients in therapy. Yes, exactly. And um, in the 80s, when I worked with Angel Thompson, the famous uh, astrologer, I understood the benefits of the astrological system to help people. But I felt the understanding of the tarot on the depth that I know it allows people to figure out how to help themselves because I don't want to get people to come and call me all the time. And I have had private clients that have done that for years where they call too often and I have to kind of keep them at a distance because I'm not interested in getting people to be reliant upon me. Rather, I'm interested in getting people to learn how to heal themselves and to use the archetypes represented by the 22 major arcana of the tarot to help them to heal themselves so they don't have to call me or they don't have to call an astrologer or they don't have to go to a palm reader. You know, I think that that's what distinguishes me. And I oftentimes say, I don't care if someone calls me back. 
If they call and they get one good reading, that's all they really need to know because I'm able to take a lifetime of experience and a lifetime of helping people in order to find ways to help my clients to benefit and to learn to heal themselves. Exactly. We are going to stop here and take our first commercial break, and and then we will be right back with Mark and Sickle. Welcome back to the show. So, Mark, when you're doing um, your readings, uh, tell us about the importance that you place on the major arcana, those 22 cards, which... um, you know, I, everyone gets excited when they get, um, you know, what they consider to be a positive card, like the star, and kind of cringe when the tower comes up, which can be equally positive. Um, tell, us, tell us about the major arcana. Well, you know, I found some books in the early years. I started reading books as a child when I was in junior high school about psychic development and on my quest for understanding who I was, what my particular issues were, and the desire to help my private clients, I found books on the correlation between the 22 major arcana and the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And that really revolutionized my way of reading and helping people. So I always start with asking people what their birth date is. And then by having that information, I talk about the psycho-spiritual aspects surrounding the idea of the numerology of the not only the Tarot Major Arcana, but the Hebrew alphabet. And that really allows me to understand the issues of a client on a deep level. And I know that when I work with people, I start with that. And that really blows them away because I'm able to tell them who they are on a very deep level just by the numbers of their birth date. And that's how I've always started my readings. Uh, I will also sometimes, before they call, uh, get their name and their birth date and uh, do a little bit of a reading of the I Ching to understand perhaps what their major challenges are at this point in their life. And so I start my readings. I use two decks. I use the major arcana, the 22 letters of Hebrew alphabet, and then I have the 78 cards of the normal uh, expanded deck of the tarot. And so we can talk about anything. We can talk about your aunt. We can talk about your uncle because it's just me focusing on the numerology of people And I know that um, it's been very helpful for me because it cuts through all of the nonsense and gets right to the specifics of what the challenge is. As you know, the particular cards in the particular position, what's opposite them, what they're following, tells me a lot about are they upside down or are they right side up, tells me a lot about the spiritual challenges in an individual life. And my desire is to help them to the best of my ability. That sounds great. Um, So you do read reversals. I know some readers only read the cards upright. Yes, I found over the years that the reversals mean two things. Either it's something in the individual's life that they are lacking or afraid of, or need to deal with. But more than that, it means to me that I need to be more aggressive, more focused on hammering that point into their psyche. And if it's a dark card, like, you know, the death card or the tower card or any of what they call the the, the devil card, these are cards that people don't like, I'll try to put a positive spin on it because I'm – always about helping people, but I'm not interested in freaking them out. I'm interested in giving them ways to overcome these challenges 
that they seem to be going through. And I think that I've learned over the years uh, how to do that in a positive way. And people seem to enjoy that because I've, since I moved here 28 years ago, that's all I do is just private reading. So, you know, and I do it all on the phone. I can do, you know, uh, <coughs> face or I can do, you know, in person. I can go over to someone's house, not now during the pandemic, of course, but I have a lot of friends that I've gone to their houses for many years. And, and I find that very rewarding because I pick up a lot from their environment. And no one comes to my house ever. I'm not interested in people coming into my house. It's my private sanctuary filled with my images of Buddha and Kuan Yin and Shakti and all sorts of spiritual things. So this is my peace of mind where I live. So I either go to their home or I do the private readings on phone, which I find is very helpful, not only for me, but most specifically for the individual, because a lot of people, when they call a psychic, they're afraid, and they don't want me to necessarily be in their house. They need a distance, and I feel that the phone allows them to have that distance that they need. Does that make sense? Um, yes, and also the fact that psychic um, information easily flows through um, electricity lines, the lines of electricity and the Ethernet, the internet, and the Ethernet. So, um, in in fact, the internet, in my opinion, is very much a physical expression of our psychic connections. Um, it's, it, yes. and of course, it's happening. If we, as we move into the age of Aquarius, it's a physical expression of, you know, these new abilities that are coming in uh, for all of us. Yes, I agree, and I think that uh, Nikola Tesla thought the same way about the idea of energy, electricity, ways to communicate on a deep level, and I found that um, his works and his writing was also very encouraging for me as a psychic. Yes, he was certainly way ahead of his time on so many fronts. Um, amazing, amazing man, amazing mystic, um, amazing example for all of us as we, you know, continue to move to the 21st century. So um, we are about to take our uh, second and final commercial break, and I thought it would be really interesting when we come back um, if you uh, put the cards for us on, you know, some that are going on today. Uh, we've been in the uh, quarantine phase for close to a year now. And certainly New York City has been hit hard and, um, all around the country. People have been impacted either directly or by family and friends uh, contracting the virus and um, numerous people have transitioned. Um, you know, perhaps we could take a look through the cards at um, is this a, a particular moment in time when um, the virus is meant to help us raise our awareness because it's also the first time that I know of that everyone on the planet has been in, impacted by the same thing at the same time and has been forced to go through it together? Yes, it's exactly true. And as you asked me, I'm actually shuffling the cards. So after the commercial break, I'll start with a reading apropos of what you asked. What are we going through right now? What are these challenges? Okay, great. Well, let's take our um, second and final commercial break while you shuffle the cards. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Mia. <laughs> Here we are. This will be fun. And um, are you using the Major Arcana or your 78-card deck? 
I'm going to use both. I'll start with an archetypal reading using the major arcana, and then I will go through a reading using the 78 major arcana, which is what I do with private clients because I help. I believe it helps people to understand what they're going through on a deep level. And um, that's great. Yeah. So with are you using the Rider Weight deck? For the yeah, I use, I use that because I think most people relate to it. I always also take a photograph of the cards afterwards and send it to the individual so they can actually see the archetypal energy and see the images on the cards. And I do feel that the Rider-Waite deck is most recognizable and is easier for most people to deal with. So uh, I have found that that's very helpful and very hopeful for people well if and you so, um if, if you send me the image um to my email address um i will try to post it with the, with this reading so people can take a look at them. well that would be great yes i will take a photograph of them so i want to start this reading with saying thank everyone for listening today and God bless everyone for having a positive energy. We are going through a period of retreat from the world. The hermit card comes up in the first position. And the hermit card is all about consciously and purposefully removing ourselves from the physical world to go up to the image in the mountains. The hermit finds ways to go away from the world and meditate. He looks down onto the world and feels he's different because of his depths of consciousness. And I do feel with this pandemic that we are all going through a period of retreat. We are forced to live alone. We are forced to give up our friendships. We are forced to step away from loved ones, family and friends. And I think it's been very good for me because I've always lived alone, so I'm used to having privacy and I've never shared my space with anyone since I moved out when I was 18 years old. So, you know, I think that um, it's a time of going within and meditating and deepening our connection with God on a deep level. And I feel that that is the image of the hermit on the first card. And it's interesting because the card that's crossing the hermit card is the emperor card. Now, that's the Father card, but it's really what I feel is the Heavenly Father. So you might say that in this time of the pandemic, we are being forced to deal with ourselves as being the emperor, the teacher, the mentor, the, the, the very deep Father image within our psyche. And it could be that the Emperor card says that in this time of retreat as the hermit, we are trying to find ways to connect with God on a deeper level. Don't you feel that's true, Mia? I do, absolutely. I, I think I think for some for the first time in their lives, because of circumstances in the world, are being given time to themselves in a way that they've never experienced before and are being asked to go inside. And I, I definitely feel that that's what's happening right now. Well, I agree. And it's interesting because uh, what I want to say to our listeners today is the sun card comes up in the third position of the intellect, suggesting that people need to be more positive. We need to find ways to visualize, fantasize, and manifest positivity on a very deep level. The Sun card, the number 19, is the best card in the deck, in my opinion. It's the story of Apollo in Greek mythology who brought the sun into the world every day and created growth, fecundity, fertility, success, the growth of plants, the growth of fruits and vegetables. And the Sun card is a very deep card of manifesting happiness. And I do feel that those people who are suffering greatly – which many of us are at this point, are trying to find ways to reach on to the positivity, find ways to be more optimistic, be more positive, 
create happiness in people's lives. And I think that's very important, that even though we have these masks on, we can smile with our eyes. We can communicate with our eyes to people as we walk down the street. And being that I live in New York City in the Upper East Side, I see people all the time, and I, I try to communicate happiness and positivity with my eyes. And I think that that's what the sun card is trying to suggest. Don't you think that's a, a good thing to think of? Um, yes. And I also think in the third position, this is the card on top of the central card or the hermit, correct? Yes. So, you know, it's also the sun, the light of enlightenment um, coming out as we go through this um, time of transition. Exactly. And being that it's in that top position, the sun card shines the light of God onto everything. Being crossed by the emperor, the God card, it's saying that as the hermit goes within and meditates, he has the light of the sun on top of him to bring warmth to bring positivity, and to bring happiness to the world. And it's interesting because the fourth card is in the position of love. It's underneath the hermit card, and it's the judgment card. It's right side up. All of the cards have been right side up so far. So the judgment card is the number 20. And I think that's the idea that at the end of our life, we have to find ways to... Uh, focus on what we've accomplished in the world and find ways to not be so hard on ourselves. It's a time of communicating without inner judgment. And I think because it's in the position of love, idealistically, we'd like the lover's card in that position. But because the question today has to do with what are we going through during this pandemic and it's internationally, everyone is suffering throughout the entire world. And I think that with the loss of so many lives and with an illness that has struck the world, it is just like the end times in many ways. We're trying to find ways to go beyond our inner judgments, to find ways to really love our lives on a deep level and accept what's happening. This is obviously the will of God that we are having to challenge ourselves. I just had my first COVID uh, inoculation shot and I'll have my second one on the 24th. And uh, it's a great feeling because I realize, you know, I'm protecting myself. I've been a vegetarian for 40 years and no alcohol for 45 years. So I live a very healthy life, but that inoculation, that shot, that jab, as they say in England, on the arm allows us to feel that we're not going to become ill in the future. And that could be part of this judgment card. We have to embrace science and embrace the idea of taking something into our body, which is foreign, but it keeps us healthy. Do you think that makes sense to you, Mia? Um, well, I understand that interpretation, that, that, that would not be my interpretation, but I think the judgment card is the correct card in that placement because um, we are in fact being called to be ruthless with ourselves and examine um, all of the recesses of our being and our souls to transmute the darkness that's in us so that the planet can, in fact, begin to thrive um, as opposed to be weighed down by all that's around us. And um, I think, you know, mentioning Judgment Day and, and um, you know, the final conflict and all of that is completely apropos. Um, I, you know, have very mixed feelings about a vaccine. My personal belief is that Energetically, um, we control what happens to our bodies uh, in terms of outside influences coming in. And I think this, this virus is a mixed bag. I think, you know, there are plenty of uh, authority figures 
who are using the virus as a way to manipulate and control others. Um, I take a number of medications uh, for health issues, and at this moment in time, I am not, um, you know, getting uh, the vaccine. So it's it's all personal, you know. We're on um, we're on individual courses, each and every one of us, and judgment, uh, our own personal judgment in terms of where we're at in our lives uh, is true. But again, acknowledging that we are good people, you know, we are not axe murderers, and we want what's best for each other and the world um, encourages us to seriously look at our imperfections and alchemically uh, transmute them. It's not something the average person really wants to do uh, too easily. You know, it's not part of our comfort zone. Absolutely. I agree with you. And that being said, as a vegetarian for 41 years now and no alcohol for 46 years, if I look at the real numbers, I haven't had any shots at all. I don't believe in getting shots for the flu. I've never had the flu. In fact, I never even get get cold. And I've always believed in that. But my cardiologist and some of my people that I believe in told me I needed to get this shot and I want to do everything I can to make sure that I don't come down with this illness because I have issues that need to be protected and I'm not going to leave it up to nature. I consciously and purposely chose to have the shots. The first one was a breeze and I'm hoping the second one will also be easy to deal with. But I think I agree. Well, with you. I think everyone has to make that decision for themselves is the only point I'm trying Definitely. to make. Definitely. But we are going through a dark period because the moon card comes up. And as you know, representing what we've been going through in the last few months, the moon card, the moon has no light of its own. It only reflects the light of the sun. So to some extent, we have been suffering We have been going through changes and challenges and frustrations in our life. You know, in the moon card, we see the two dogs that are baying at the moon, and it represents a path of trying to find ways to not get frustrated and not let the negativity overtake us in any way. So perhaps the reason that card has come up is because of what we've all gone through because of this pandemic. So many people have died and so many people have gotten sick. And it's not a casual sickness. It's very, very severe, especially for older people like I am. (laughs) So, you know, I think you're right. People have to make their own decision. But I do feel that we have to understand the depths of the moon card, the frustrations and find ways to not let those affect us in a negative way. Does that make sense? Yes. So the moon card is in the past position. Yes. To the left. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm not surprised to have a card like that come up in that in that placement. And in fact, um, in, in a way, it's it's what got us to this judgment phase that we're in. Um, yes. because we've um, allowed, uh, you know, all this um, uh, you know, subconscious information to spin and swirl and permeate our world for so long now. And we're now in this place with the sun, the hermit, the emperor, um, and judgment to say enough, we're building a new world. Exactly. And I think the sun card has phases. And so the phases represent the fact that nowadays, because of this pandemic, we've gone through a dark phase of frustration. And I think it's important to look to the future to see more happiness And it's interesting because the next card that comes up is the high priestess, but it's in reversal. 
We talked about reversal earlier, and I think that in Greek mythology, Persephone was abducted into the underground against her will and forced to study the secret mysteries of the universe. So Persephone represents the daughter of Demeter, and Demeter is the Earth Mother. And so it's suffering. You know, the fact that Persephone was abducted and had to leave her mother, had to leave the physical earth and go underground and learn to study. In the image of the high priestess, we have the pomegranate and it's biting of the pomegranate, the idea of finding ways to be more spiritual. In this time of the pandemic, finding ways to focus on our spirituality focus less on what people tell us and rather what we know spiritually. Go within and meditate and understand the truths within our psyche and find ways to enjoy those and to help those to help others. The high priestess reversed as we meditate and go within and find ways to balance the two dualities, the white temple, the dark temple, the white column, the dark column, we find ways to have more positivity and bring that world to the physical world, bring that energy to humankind. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, I was just thinking of the fact, too, that um, there are 22 major arcana cards and um, coincidentally, my birthday happens to be February 2nd, 2-2, which is Imbolic and Groundhog's Day. It's also the presentation of Jesus in the temple. And it's also the midpoint between the winter solstice and spring. So it's the point where the darkness and the light are balanced. Um, and we strive to be in that place where the darkness and the light are balanced. That's where, you know, real knowledge and self-control exist, in, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. And I think that that's indicative of this card, this idea of the light and the dark, the light column and the dark column, the two esoteric schools of meditation. And it's interesting because the following card is the death card, but it's reversed and it's in the position of how the world views the situation. So you might say that the reversal of the death card tells us that we are, for the first time in my life, in all of our lives, going through a time where we are forced to deal with an image by being close to people, by being too close to people, it can lead to our death. And I think that the death card is a difficult card for people to deal with, but it's dealing with the idea of time moving on. This is the energy that we have to find ways to move forward and not rest on the past, to make steps to move forward, to find ways to have transitions where we go from childhood to adolescent to young adult to adult. And I think this is the archetypal challenge that we are all going through right now with this pandemic. We've all got to grow up. We've all got to stop listening to the people in power. And um, I think making changes, not to be political, but making changes and finding ways to live in the moment rather than living in the future rather than focusing on the future, living more in the now. Like, um, you know, we have many people writing books with the subject, The Power of Now. And I think that's exactly what this is all about. You know, finding ways to really allow ourselves to focus on, just like Eckhart Tolle told us in The Power of Now. I think he's a brilliant teacher. And... Um, one of the most evolved people on the planet, in addition to Whitley Strieber. Although, you know, <laughs> I love Whitley Strieber and I've read his books for years and been a big fan. So 
I'm very happy to be on this podcast today with you, Mia. And um, the death card, moving on, moving forward, not resting on the, on the past, living in the present, in the now, and in the future. Absolutely. I think it, you know, I'm always happy to see the death card um, actually come up because I feel it represents a time of rebirth and regeneration. And I, exactly. I very much feel that that's where we are now. Definitely. And I want to say also that the following card is also reversed. It's the hangman card and it's upside down. So the hangman card it talks about the idea of suffering. And so I think that we have been suffering. It's the number 12. So this last year, this last 12 months, we have all suffered in one way or another. The images on TV, the images on the media, people have suffered tremendously. But I think what the hangman card talks about is finding ways to adopt and Find our mission. Why are we here? What is our calling? What can we do to help the world? You know, when Christ died on the cross, he knew that this was his mission and he wanted to bring this energy to the world because it was his Father's will. And since, since we're being crossed by the Father, the Emperor card, and having this idea of the Hanged Man card, finding ways to really adopt a mission what are we here for should we help with certain uh, charities should, should we help people neighbors that are suffering should we find ways to smile and talk to someone who helps us in a market I think that's the idea I have a note on my door before I walk out the door and it's be nice I have to remind myself to always bring positivity good energy, and happiness to people as I'm out in the world. And um, the following card is in the position of hopes or fears, and it's the fool card. And the fool card is the zero card. The fool is the idea of the, the energy of the whole tarot. The fool card has to take little steps to move forward and the fool card is the idea of finding ways to really allow ourselves to have more fun, to enjoy life more, to not take life so serious, to not take our challenges so serious, but to use our childlike energy to have more fun, to be more positive, to find ways to laugh and enjoy life and find ways to really make our dreams come true taking that positive energy to take the first leap of faith into the unknown to find ways to really enjoy life on a deep level. And don't you think that's an appropriate card to come up in the position of hopes or fears at this point? Well, absolutely, because I, I do think that um, in part, um, perhaps one of the reasons why so many people are leaving right now is that the idea of, of change to the extent that it's required to move forward with the world changing so dramatically, people might be overwhelming. So um, rather than go through that process, you know, they're, they're choosing to leave at this moment in time. And uh, depending on, you know, what your belief system is, if you believe in reincarnation, um, you know, you'll come back again. So we are eternal beings. I certainly believe that. Yes, and it could be that the fool card represents the rebirth of many of those who have passed on in an early time, perhaps before their time was supposed to happen when they came into the physical but this pandemic is a worldwide event and has created a great sense of suffering in the world. I think it will help artists, actors, performers, singers, dancers, creative people in order to understand their life on a deep level. I think that 
one of the problems perhaps for many years now has been this idea of too much happiness, not enough suffering. And I think that now we see that this pandemic internationally has caused so much suffering and maybe it will bring about a renaissance where people will find ways to get rid of this problem of uh, the ozone and the warming of the planet and find ways to end world hunger. You know, instead of creating borders, like some people did, we will open up our borders and communicate on a deeper level and find ways to have more fun, enjoy more life, and be more childlike, be more innocent. I think that's the key. Oh, that and, sounds wonderful. And the, the following card, which is what they call the resulting card, is the, hang, is the uh, magician card. And the magician card is in the uh, final aspect. It represents that we are all at a major crossroads in our life. The magician represents the idea of Hermes Trimestus, who stands at a crossroads. And sometimes he says, go down this road. Other times he says, well, try this road. He's what they call the trickster. So we are at a chance and a time in our life where we have to decide which road are we going to take. We have the intellect, we have the creativity, we have the financial aspects and the love to do and create and manifest anything we want to in the world. And the magician, the number one card, talks about the idea of manifesting success on a deep level to find ways to really take the path of righteousness, take the path of rightness, Take the path that brings more happiness to the world. Take the path that allows us to find ways to really live our mission and find ways to really create more positivity in the world, to manifest greatness, perhaps, you might say. And the Magician card is a wonderful card to end this archetypal reading. Uh, don't you agree, Mia? Yes, absolutely. It's a perfect outcome yes and only with one what they call dark card which is the death card in reversal and I think that's appropriate at this time that we're going through with this pandemic and I think apropos of the question what are we going through why is this pandemic happening and perhaps it is a way to bring us within to recapitulate or to to say what we've talked about so far today on the phone as we go within and meditate and focus on our relationship with God as we see the sun the positivity and stop the judgment that we have in our psyche in our heart we will find ways to realize that this is a phase we're going through with the moon card and it's time to come out of this self-imposed exile that we've all done to bring this positivity to the world and to live more in the moment, to live more in the now, to find ways to not focus too much on the future, not focus too much on the past, but rather find a mission with the hangman card. Where are we going? What are we doing? How are we helping people? How are we helping ourselves? And then to find ways to really have more fun as the fool to enjoy life, to be the child, and to take the path as the magician that creates our creativity, that manifests our creativity and allows us to really create happiness for ourselves and for our neighbors and for the world in general. Amen. <laughs> I know. Amen. Exactly. A very positive reading, I think. And, um, I mean, that's what I like to emphasize, you know. That's when I do my private readings. I like to talk about the positivity. People come to psychics not because they're happy, but because they're frustrated or they're finding challenges or they're upset or they're having a problem with their money or a problem with relationships. So I try and bring positivity, happiness, 
clarity of consciousness and good energy to the world. And I have to say in critiquing my reading that I've just now done now for you all on this podcast, it's a great blessing to find ways to really make sure that we live this in our lives every day, that we don't just think about it, but we live it and we act on it every single day. Does that make sense? I, I think that's totally true, Mark. And that's the challenge. And that's where that judgment card um, is really perhaps the most important card in the whole reading because it starts with us. You know, we have to be willing to take a good hard look at ourselves first. Um, and then the world will change for us and around us. Exactly. And it's interesting, Mia, because before we did this reading, I did an um, I Ching reading. And I want to just tell you about the innocence. It's number 25, the unexpected. Innocence, supreme success, perseverance furthers. If someone is not as he should be, he has misfortune. And it does not further him to take anything. Under heaven thunder rolls all things attain the natural state of innocence thus the kings of old rich in virtue and in harmony with time fostered and nourished all beings so that's a wonderful image the number 25 innocence the unexpected and I think that's almost mirrored in the tarot cards I think this is kind of what they're talking about. And in the position of hopes or fears, the ninth position, we have the fool card, and that is innocence, the child. So I think, it's, uh, I think that's what we all have to do is be more innocent and not get freaked out, not get upset about life, to go with the flow, to find ways to live in the moment and not focus on any neurotic fears on a deep level. Well, you mentioned, um, you know, artists benefiting from the quarantine. And in fact, we are all artists. We are all creative beings. And it's one of the divine gifts that we were born with. And this quarantine is also meant to encourage all of us to reconnect with that part of ourselves that we had, um, clear access to as children, um, again, because those creative solutions are what will bring planet back in balance, uh, which is what we need right now. Yes, that's true. And I think that with the innocence in the I Ching, the Book of Changes, it is, it is trying to tell us to be more innocent, to not be frustrated, to have more fun, to enjoy life on a deeper level. So I think that's very positive. Well, Mark, we are just um, at the hour mark um, of our reading. And rather than going to a second in-depth reading, how about if we clarify a few of the key cards in this reading, just to get some additional information? Well, I have the um, secondary deck, which I'm shuffling now, and I'd like to bring out a couple images and add to what we just talked about, and that is that we have to find ways to stop over-intellectualizing about life. I see the image of the King of Swords in the mundane deck of the 78 cards of the tarot, why are we all so focused on overly intellectualizing about life? Perhaps that's one thing we need to look at. And I think also we need to slow down with the chariot card in reversal. Why do we have to always go and always do? How many, so for example, I've gone to so many plays. My best friend is a casting director. I have seen everything, musicals, on Broadway, off Broadway, for 28 years now. Okay, now we haven't been able to do that because of the pandemic. Let's slow down. Let's find ways to take our life 
one step at a time and find ways to not have to do everything. Do we have to go to every restaurant in the city? No. We can eat at home more. We can find ways to take out more. Things like that would be good. And I think also there's a lot of us going through what they call free-floating anxiety with the nine of swords. It's free-floating, mean it's not going to kill us, but there's a lot of frustrations in the world nowadays. What we saw in the Capitol, the riots, what we saw on the, on the people with the Black Lives Movement trying to stand up for themselves and to fight for what is right. I think there's a lot of negativity in the world, and we have to focus less on the negativity and more on the positive. And with the Page of Cups, we have to be more energetic. We have to be more narcissistic. We have to fall in love with ourselves on a deep level and find ways to stop criticizing ourselves and others. You know, they say spiritually it's very easy to criticize other people. But if we can stop doing that and find ways to love everyone on a deep level, we will end up becoming more like the hierophant, the teacher, the mentor, the guru, the analyst, the therapist. We will be our own teachers. And that's what I strive to do when I read people. Teach them to find ways to understand their archetypes, understand their challenges, and find ways to really become their own teacher, their own mentor, their own guru, their own analyst. And I think if we do that, it will lead to lovers, more happiness, more security, more communication, unconditional love. The unconditional love of a soulmate is what this reading is all about. If we can find ways to live in the moment and not criticize ourselves, we'll find ways to love ourselves on a deep level. Some of that makes that sense, That makes Mia? sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. Yeah. Well, is, is there a final card that you would like to pull for a message for all of us? Yeah, let's see. Let me find something interesting here. Um, I want to say... With the final card, let's focus on finding ways to go beyond our fears. It's one of the dark cards, but it's, it's the idea of understanding what our fears of attachment are. What are we attached to? Why are we attached to it? Why do we have these fears? What can we do to overcome the attachment to the fears to find ways to stand up for ourselves and to bring our creativity to the world. God has given me many gifts. I sing in six languages. I've known everybody, famous politicians, movie stars, singers. Yet what I want to say is it's because I don't focus on judgment and I don't focus on attachment to the fears. That's the idea. Recognizing the fears but not being attached to them. And if we do that, we can sail, we can live, we can stand up for ourselves, and we can be kings of the hill. We can use our creativity to enlighten the world. So what was sense? the card pulled? It was um, the devil card reversed. And the devil oh, card interesting. Is, yeah. Now, the reversal of it means that the devil card is attachment. It's the opposite card of the lover. The material card. world. Yeah, and it's upside down. Yeah. So it's like, why did it come up as the last card? I was just flipping through the cards, and I thought, well, on an archetypal level, it's talking, don't be attached to the physical world. I mean, right. I think I'm a Buddhist, you know, but I think non-attachment is very important and not focusing on fears. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And that's really where, where we're at. I mean, if you look at the violence at the Capitol and what created that, it, it's all fear-based. It's all, you know, we, we've not political, but we've had a period of time where we have not respected each other and, um, 
control, frankly. Um, so it's, it's not about Democrat or Republican. Um, grassroots change has to come on the individual level first. And when we become individually who we are meant to be, uh, when we embrace uh, and encourage our divine selves, it becomes inconceivable that we behave this way to one another. It's just not... Yes within the realm of possibility anymore. But um, to believe that one political party or the other is more or less looking out for our best interests and common good is, is just pure um, manipulation because the majority of these people are only looking out for themselves. And, um, you know, anything else is just a system used to uh, us, polarize us, and we're beyond that point as we move into this new way of being. Exactly, and I think that is the idea of the second coming. In my mind, it's not that Christ is going to appear and talk to us, but it's the inner connection with a second coming, where we don't look to hurt people, we look to love people. We find ways to express love on a deep level and enjoy it on a very deep level. Yeah, I agree completely. Well, thank you for this wonderful reading, Mark, and this wonderful interview. How can people get in touch with you if they'd like to arrange for a reading with you? Well, let's see. Um, my name is Mark Van Sickle. M-A-R-K-V-A-N-S-I-C-K-L-E, the number nine at gmail.com. And my phone number here in Manhattan is 646-241-2114. So it's 646-241-2114. And anyone can call me and leave a message, and I'd love to hear from anyone just to say hi or to give them a reading if they're interested. That's great. And we'll have that contact information along with your bio and photo, and photo of this spread um, along with the interview on the New Observations podcast. Great. Well, thank you, Mia, and thank Whitley Streber for me. Uh, I love him and I appreciate him very much and everything he's gone through and I have seen UFOs up close, so I'm a definite believer. And um, I just want to thank you again, Mia. You've been a good friend for about 26 years now, so God bless you. And thank you for inviting me. Hello.